Welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, America's premier barbecue radio show. Join your host, two-time world champion, Andy Groneman and friends, as they sink their teeth into the finest grilling, smoking, and barbecue from coast to coast with the industry's leading pitmasters. Stay tuned for great tips, techniques, and products that will enhance your backyard experience by being a part of the Barbecue Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, where we share all the tips and tricks from the leaders and legends in the barbecue world. I'm your host, Andy Groneman, along with our executive producer, T-Bone, and my co-host, who's the flavor guru behind Plowboy's Barbecue Products, Todd Johns. Flavor Flav! (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of flavor, what were you doing this last weekend? Well, speaking of flavor, we've got a a buddy of ours that is launching a new uh, barbecue store out in in Marietta, Ohio, Mr. Rob Marion. Oh, that is right. Yeah. U2KNQ. Yep. So so there's plenty of smoke on wheels and plowboys and all kinds of stuff out there in Marietta, Ohio. So you should definitely check it out. Good luck to our buddy Rob Marion. So yeah, Rob. Andy, I cooked a steak this weekend. It was like this two-inch tomahawk. It was a shorter bone tomahawk, but um, yeah. beautiful, like prime steak. Uh, and it was good, had a lot of flavor. It just didn't turn out like I wanted it to. I did the reverse sear thing and I think, and I want your advice because you're more of a steak cook than I am. So I feel like I did the reverse part, like the first part too long, like I almost baked it too long and should have maybe went with a higher temp. Then I did it on the Napoleon, right? The Napoleon gas grill. So once it got to like that 120 temperature, I took it off. I had that little side infrared burner going, had it up on the higher and just like real quickly seared that crust on the outside. That part was delicious. That part worked out fine. But what do you think I did wrong? Because it was like a medium, not a medium rare. And I felt like I hit the temperature. You said you pulled it at 120? Yeah, about 120. So So I probably went too high. Yeah, I usually pull them about 110. Yeah. And it depends on the cooker and how hot you're cooking, too. So that Napoleon, you're closer to where um, you probably had the burner off under it, right? Yeah, I had the two. So it's got six burners. I yeah. had the two farthest away. Because it's a little grill. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> it's only about 40 inches. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I'd, I'd actually yeah have it over the ones that are off, but it's still closer to that heat. And uh if you're cooking a little hotter, it's going to carry over more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, it's those, probably the and those sear burners on those Napoleons are like a thousand degrees too. So, oh, man. So that'll give you a lot of lift too. So definitely, I think if you go 110 instead of 120, you'll be golden. It's it's like searing over a bug zapper. Well, and <laughs> that just plays right into our guest today because we've got a great guest today, everybody. He is a wealth of knowledge. I actually call him the barbecue pit engineer. Frank Cox has been building pits for over 13 years, and he's got 30 years in temperature control and fluid dynamics and heat transfer. And so he's got all kinds of amazing things to talk about. But pits are his passion, and he founded Smoker Builder in 2010. He's got over 200 sets of smoker plans that he's put out there for people to build their own pits. He can talk about all things in that design process. And, you know, he's going to build one for you, or he can tell you how to build one. Everything from a custom offset to a drum cooker. So can't wait to talk with Frank. Check him out at smokerbuilder.com. And you can find him on Instagram or TikTok at smokerbuilder. And in our fourth segment, you know, we're going to talk with you, Todd, about 
cutting boards and materials that you make them out of, why you would make them out of those materials, which ones are better for what we're going to. And, and how to care for them. Cause that's a big part of it too. And cutting boards can be a little germ factory. You're so you're supposed to take care of them. Yeah. Well, you yeah. should clean them and, uh, that explains why he keeps buying them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there is disposable. So we'll talk about that too. There's all kinds of options. Yeah. So we're going to hit on that. T-Bone, what do you got for us? You've got something today. Too. Oh, yeah. It was recently announced that uh, Barbecue Brawl yes. ha- has been signed on for a fifth season. It is coming back. And the crowd goes wild. I'm I'm just happy Bobby Flay will have employment. You know, I, wor- <laughs> I worry about him. That's what we're all he, worried about. He doesn't have enough to do. So, <laughs> what do you, are, do you guys watch it regular? I usually binge it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I I, I want to watch it and then I don't and then I get a an afternoon and all of a sudden I just watch all the episodes. Yep. Yep. Same. Very very cool. Yeah. Glad glad to hear that they are coming back. Okay. Hey, I've got an ask Andy question. Uh-oh. For all Andy. Right. And then Todd, pay attention. All right. You may come into play on this. Well, I pr- I always learn something, so. Oh, well good. Good good good. This is from Ryan Bailey in Newmarket, Maryland. Yes, Ryan sir. Bailey. In the last year, I've gotten really into smoking meat, and I do understand the importance of resting the meat after the cook. But I've read and heard every method, from resting it on the countertop tinted with foil, to resting it in a cooler or oven, to to specially designed blankets, etc. I know everything is personal preference, but is there a prevailing thought as to which of these methods is best and why? So... That is a, a great question, and I would say, as as we normally do, the answer depends, and it depends on the cut that you're cooking. And I got back to Ryan, and I asked him, what specifically are we talking about here? T-Bone's and catching on. He's, he's catching on. And yes. Ryan told me he's mostly asking about pork butt and brisket, but he's also interested as to whether uh, there is different proteins uh, that are treated differently. Yes. So- That is exactly where we want to head. And I would say when you're talking about resting in a cooler or just sitting in an oven, not leaving the oven on, but just putting it in some place that has a little thermal protection, um, bigger cuts of meat, you can do that because that lets that rest period go a little longer without the meat getting too cool. Because you're wanting those juices to redistribute. You want everything to to get nice and evenly through there. So a brisket or a pork butt, which is much larger, it's a whole roast. You want to give it longer to rest. I like to give my, you know, my briskets at least an hour of rest time um, to really get everything kind of nice and happy. So I'll do that. I'll toss it in a cooler or a Cambro, uh, just loosely wrapped in foil. But that environment will help hold the heat a little bit so that it stays warmer longer. You don't want it to start to go down below, say, food temps while it's resting. So a cooler is perfect for those big type of cuts. Or if if you have any access to commercial equipment, a Cambro camtainer is great for that because you can just slide an aluminum pan right in it, uh, which is what I like to use. That other method, so countertop tinted with foil or or using one of those, I I think the one that... uh, my wife sells is called the meat swaddle <laughs> and it's it's literally is that like a in, banana hammock 
nothing to do with that's a whole different kind of swaddle (laughs) that's a different meat swaddle Um, this is actually an insulated blanket with a zipper like a sleeping bag for meat and you put your meat in it and zip it shut and it gives you a little thermal protection but a, a cut like a steak or a chicken breast or something that is much smaller uh you're going to be able to rest that quicker and you don't need that length of time in that warm environment to make sure you stay food safe. So just on the counter under a piece of foil is great for a steak. It only needs five, 10 minutes max. So I, that's, that's where you would use that as part of your, uh, part of your process. Okay. So you said oven and I just, and you said it, but I just want to clarify for anyone that missed it. You said put it in the oven, but not with the oven on. Correct. Right. And what you're doing, you might pre-warm that to its lowest temperature and then turn it off. Um, but so here's the thing when it comes to resting, uh, David Busca of butcher barbecue told me this years and years and years ago that you have to remember when it comes out of the smoker and it's resting, it's still cooking. It's got the carryover that you talked about with my steak earlier and then food temp, the, uh, food temp that you want to stay at is no lower than 135. That's health code. Yep. You got it. Well, thank you for your question, Ryan. We will get a t-shirt headed your way to Newmarket, Maryland. Coming up next segment, we're going to be talking with Frank Cox, the owner of SmokerBuilder.com, about all things barbecue pits. So building your own, modifying what you got, going big on a custom cooker. We'll dig into all the tips and tricks that make it easy to work on your pit and cook and turn out some amazing barbecue. Check out his website at SmokerBuilder.com or follow him on Instagram and TikTok at SmokerBuilder. Coming up next, Frank Cox, right here on Barbecue Radio Network. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. You have a better recipe for when you grill. Better ingredients, better cuts of meat, and because you're using a grill from Holstein Manufacturing, well, a better grill. You take grilling seriously, and at Holstein Manufacturing, we make a serious grill. Find your new grill now at HolsteinMFG.com. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. Holstein Manufacturing, we build the grill. Welcome back to the award-winning Barbecue Radio Network. I'm Andy Groneman, along with T-Bone, our executive producer, and my co-host, American Royal Invitational winner, world champion Todd Johns. We have a new guest this week, and I am excited to have him on with us. Frank Cox is the owner and founder of SmokerBuilder.com. He's been building pits for over 13 years, but he's got almost 30 years in temp control, fluid dynamics, heat transfer, He knows how to make just about any style of pitch you can imagine and has all the tips and tricks to make them sing. He's published over 200 sets of smoker plans for folks that want to build their own cookers. And of course, he can talk all the things that are important in that design process, but he can also build one for you. He has everything from fully custom offsets to his super 55, 55 gallon drum cooker kits, which he and I just taught a class last weekend on. But check out all the pits and designs at smokerbuilder.com. And of course, you can find Follow him and all the fun that he's got going on Instagram or TikTok at Smoker Builder. Frank, welcome to the show. Man, I got to tell you guys, I'm blushing a little bit here with that intro. <laughs> Holy smoke. It's like 
barbecue royalty there and and uh, highly polished professionals man <laughs> well you're the professional we're just a bunch of hacks sitting in a basement i don't know what you're talking about out on the yeah. front lines we wanted to talk a little bit about you know everybody's got that first pit that they go out and buy they're dipping their toe in the water of of cooking and you know for me it was a uh, it was a brinkman barrel without the bottom in it remember yep, those old that's like that's what i started 69 dollar brinkman yep. uh and i had i had a little apartment with a small patio and i'm like man this is under 100 bucks i can do this i'd learned to do some cooking on my dad's hasty bake so i mm-hmm. was i was used to that i was not used to this thing and but we've all done that and maybe it's the you know the the cheap Brinkman made an offset too that was 120 bucks or something right, right. back in the yeah, day. Right. And so you know you uh, hoped for that one. That was the one you wished for. You could only afford the 69 dollar <laughs> one. But there's always something about it that you know you your heat wasn't even, your temps weren't right, whatever it is. So I wanted to pick your brain a little bit in this first segment about some of the hacks to help make those kind of entry level pits actually cook all right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you guys are both uh, old school like me and you're, you remember the barbecue brethren forum and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And uh, the cooker you just brought up the was, was what we always call everything had acronyms, right? Or slang names in barbecue. And those were called the ECBs. Remember that? <laughs> the, El, yep. the El Chapo Brinkman's, you know, <laughs> and, exactly. and, and that's, that's the first cooker I remember seeing a thread on and i mean this is before facebook barbecue there was no facebook groups this is barbecue forums with a bunch of guys that set their keyboard warriors you know talking about each other's pictures and (laughs) and, (laughs) and, no pics uh, didn't happen (laughs) that's that's exactly right yeah and so you know i remember seeing the ecbs and some guy i don't even remember his name now but modded one out man I just remember the result he was getting with his barbecue after that. And I think that was, I forgot all about it until you said that. I think that was one of the foundational moments for me in barbecue, as far as like taking my trade that I had in the refrigeration food equipment trade, HVAC and applying that towards, you know, cookers and how to control them and stuff. And, uh, you know, through all my cut knuckles and everything else, you know, hurt backs and everything i've earned my stripes building pits and (laughs) and thinking about all this you know and uh when uh when i started messing with all of that it just really became evident to me that really we're just trying to control the fire triangle is what it amounts to at the end of the day you know so to answer your question i think one of the biggest hacks is just getting control of air and where how the air that comes into the pit for combustion is introduced to where the fire is burning. If you can control that, how much air it gets, um, and, uh, you know, control your fuel size and make sure that that air actually goes through the fire, then you'll have a much better cook. Which are two things that don't occur in that ECB. It's got an open bottom and the, and the coals are in a porcelain bowl. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Soaked in water. Right. 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 
Yeah. yeah, we talk about we talk about airflow too. I mean, you're talking about it from the fire and the fire triangle that you mentioned, um, and then there's the airflow through the pit and all of that. But to to manage the fire, it all starts there, doesn't it, Frank? Yeah, it does absolutely. So, and you'll you'll hear me talk about it on some of the other stuff we publish or whatever about it. Um, you'll you'll hear me say that it's the the amount of air that is required like for instance in an offset it's not just air for combustion of the fire we also need air to carry the that is going to be heated up much like water is heated in a water heater uh air is heated in a firebox and that air is what carries the heat and the smoke and stuff to the cook chamber which gives you that draw you'll hear the offset guys talk about draw and it produces you so you get complete combustion but we also through that combustion process heated extra air that's going to go through the pit and is going to give us that control so in one of those kind of inexpensive offsets like for me the the biggest issue was was number one yeah getting the air control on the front end that it would tend to leak like a sieve but there also there was no baffling or dampers or anything and they would just jump right into the pit head to the top and then roll along the top of the pit so yeah did you do you have some ways that you can help even that out and make that thing cook a little better what what are your sure. tips for how to make one of those offsets sing so so there's a lot of ways to do it um the cheapest thing you can possibly do is uh just take a disposable foil pan or like a nine by 13 or some kind of pan that will fit a loaf pan, something like that and put water in it and set that or apple juice. Like you'll see a lot of the guys use apple juice and water, some, some mixture like that. And they'll put it right over the throat opening. So on those offsets where the fire comes from the firebox into the cooking chamber, that opening is, we refer to that as the throat. And what we're trying to do is we're just trying to take some of that, that, um superheated air and just kind of like drop the we're just trying to drop it down and make it manageable a little bit so that we can use that entire cooking surface and that's that's the purpose of that water pan it's not really gonna um it's not gonna enter it's gonna introduce moisture in the cook chamber of course but it's not gonna really do anything for your meat other than keep it from drying out on the outside because it's not gonna absorb moisture from the air really what it is is a heat sink and so it's going to keep that heat. It's going to let it heat the water first. And then that steam is going to come out and help to drop that down. That's the cheapest way to do it. But if you really want like a better fix, um, back in, I don't know, 2015, we started making parts to modify all those pits, everything from, well, the first one we did was a Brinkman Trailmaster, and if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see the original video I posted with the first baffle plate we made. Yep. And then well, we and started of course, making them for everything. Yep. And of course, we're talking with Frank Cox, so follow all of his exploits across all the socials with the handle at SmokerBuilder. Check out his amazing cookers and plans <laughs> at SmokerBuilder.com. We've hit some of the ways to amp up your cooker at home, but we're going to come back and talk more about that and then what it takes to build your own or have have one built we'll hit on all of that next back with frank cox here on barbecue radio network barbecue radio network is heard on radio stations from hawaii to florida if you have a business centered around barbecue or the backyard lifestyle please consider advertising with us 
Contact us through our Facebook page or website at bbqradionetwork.com. Welcome back to Barbecue Radio Network with my co-host, Pitmaster Todd Johns, our executive producer, T-Bone, and I'm your host, Andy Groneman. So we are back talking with Frank Cox, and I mentioned earlier, he's got over 200 plans that he's published for just about every kind of barbecue pitch you can imagine. You can check him out over at smokerbuilder.com, and while you are there, also subscribe to his podcast, the Smoker Builder Podcast. It takes you on a deeper dive into all kinds of great topics like smoker ergonomics, uh, uh, anatomy of a barbecue trailer, insulating fireboxes, you name it. Lots of great tips and tricks over there to hit on. And in this segment, you know, we are going to go ahead and dive right back in and talk about kind of fixing that pit at home. And then we're going to talk about uh, what it takes to build a pit. Welcome back, Frank. Hey, thanks. I'm glad to be here. So, so jump right back in there. So, yeah, uh, we were talking about baffle plates. And basically what that is is a plate of steel that you can put in your like for instance if you go to academy sports you can buy an old country uh barbecue pits and uh it's it's a cheaply made offset and that flat plate has holes cut in it that evenly distribute the air from the under the meat up and uh we manufactured those for a number of years you can get those this is a shameless plug for my buddy's website now we don't do it anymore but barbecue smoker mods.com is where you get that kind of stuff you can modify your pit easily just with some gaskets, some silicone, stuff like that, just to control the air. And you'll get a, it'll completely change your cooking experience. Yeah. Doing that kind of stuff. Adding a gasket to the, to the firebox doors on those things makes a huge difference because the tolerances just aren't there. And that thing just would pull air. You could have everything shut and it's still chugging away like a train yeah yeah we used to do a test we would shut we would call a shutdown test and we would shut all the dampers and we would see if the fire would die down and temperature would drop and if we knew if it did then we knew that that pit was sealed fairly well and it would be easy to control yeah so let's talk about pits what's your favorite kind of pit to build or cook on or maybe they're different maybe you got one you like to build and one you like to cook on but (laughs) so i like to mostly build offsets these days and that's also ironically what i like to cook on primarily because i appreciate more like there's the there's the really clean smoke side of barbecue which you're going to get into like pellet smokers or uh like competition barbecue and stuff like that um where you're trying not to really have that authentic like too heavy of a smoke in your meat but then there's the the craft barbecue side where we're getting into like mega bark formation and you know some different textures and stuff like that more like what you're going to get at home and uh that's what the kind of product you're going to get off of an offset it's going to take a little more effort and energy to run that pit and concentration it's also i like the challenge um, but anymore, the way we build pits, you know, if you study any of our designs or anything like that, they pretty much run themselves anyway. Um, but more of a an easier stick burner to build, my favorite side there would be uh, probably reverse flow for production purposes, like as far as uh, producing a lot of meat. If you're going to smoke, you know, a full cook chamber full of pork butts, you're going to get a more even cooking chamber temp lighter smoke flavor so you're not going to turn anybody off 
and uh, more consistent product out of that. And it's going to be easier to run. And so for everybody that's listening, let's just talk about what a reverse flow is for a minute. So sure. uh, For if you, if you're, listening to us and you're thinking of a pit in your mind the stack is usually on the furthest end from the firebox and that would be a regular what we would call standard offset a reverse Mm -hmm. flow actually has the stack on the firebox side so frank go ahead and explain kind of how that's built and why that works the way that it does sure so when a reverse flow is built properly um the all of the smoke and the heat go under a plate that is un- this plate is welded in from the firebox end to the opposite side and it's under the cooking grate and it's usually pretty heavy steel it's about a quarter of an inch thick or so and that heat that's uh, plate absorbs heat out of the air mass and it cooks with radiant heat vertically which is how we're able to to level out that temperature from left to right we can build actually we designed a 3000 gallon reverse flow for a guy in texas that's 20 feet long and 60 inches in diameter wow and that temperature is dead even across that pit larger than my first apartment (laughs) (laughs) so so with the math we're able to control that temperature from across that cook chamber for long distances and maintain enough airflow to achieve draft without like what happens if you don't achieve that draft, you're going to wind up with the air mass cooling off too much and you wind up with heavy condensation and like black film that'll form on your meat, um, which is soot and stuff like that, poor combustion. Right, so it's important to keep that right to avoid that. So you're listening to Barbecue Radio Network with Frank Cox. Frank, let's take another uh, left turn here and talk about like the vertical drums and you had the cube for a long time you were doing a lot of those yeah um, and so talk about that uh, what are the kind of characteristics and and nuances of cooking more over direct heat in mm-hmm. like a 55 gallon drum sure so you're going to get a completely different flavor on a drum smoker that you on a vertical like a drum smoker and we call them drum smokers because they're built out of 55 gallon barrels typically and there's a there's a whole vast array of different kinds out there and different designs but the design that i like the most was birthed in kansas city and uh it's it's just a charcoal basket in the bottom and air comes in through the sides and then you have a large mass of charcoal like 15 pounds and by controlling how much air gets to that charcoal we can achieve burn times. I actually had one last 38 hours one time mm-hmm. on one load of charcoal. And which so is it's too super long, efficient too. Very efficient. And the secret in the game there is how airtight everything is. Don't open the lid a whole bunch, you know, stuff like that. You just keep it sealed and that kind of thing. And you're going to get a, a cleaner flavor, I think. But the meat, as it renders fat, that fat drips down and hits the coals, or in my case with my cookers, the Super 55 drum smoker, there's a baffle plate in there, and that juice hits that plate and evaporates because that plate's super hot. And uh, that that also adds a lot of flavor to the exterior of your meat yeah, vapor- with the bark and everything. Yeah, vaporizing. So you get a little bit of that barbecue slash grilled flavor. It's a kind yeah. of a hybrid flavor with that and uh the the vaporizing of that of that meat and meat juices um adds a ton of it too so so yeah 
And we've got a couple minutes left here, Frank. Tell us a little bit about Smoker Builder U really quick. Okay. So Smoker Builder U is kind of like a Facebook group, but it's off of Facebook. It's a private community full of guys that want to learn more about building smokers, be it welding. Like if you have no welding skills or you want to improve your welding skills or fabrication skills, or if you're having someone build a pit for you and you just want to understand what you're getting, you can go in there and you can learn from a community of guys like us that just geek out about all these fine details on how smokers work and how to make them perform better for pit masters. And this is 100% free. You just offer this yeah. forum as a space to get everybody geeked out together. Yeah, it's completely private. It's safe from all the knife guys in the Facebook groups and all of the work at home for, you know, like all the spam that you get on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, it's a it's a hate free environment. You know, we just we're in there because we love building pits and we love cooking barbecue. And it's focused on that. It's completely free. You know, so one other thing to note on the drum pits, too, because it just popped into my head, but you mentioned the open coals versus that baffle, and I'm just going to throw this out there, but that baffle also helps you keep those temps down. When you open the pit and it spikes uh, with an open cooker, having that baffle plate in there keeps it from spiking quite as bad. So. We want to thank you for coming, Frank. Don't forget to head on over to SmokerBuilder.com and check out all the cookers' plans and content there. Follow Frank on at SmokerBuilder on Instagram and TikTok. Thanks again. And coming up, we're going to talk with Todd about cutting boards and those materials right here on Barbecue Radio Network. If you have a business centered around barbecue or the backyard lifestyle, consider advertising with us. Contact us at BBQRadioNetwork.com. If you're sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a cloth face covering to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you're worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Welcome back to Todd and Andy here on Barbecue Radio Network. Man, I love talking with Frank. We could have geeked out for another 20 minutes on pit design. Those those segments went so fast because it was just like I was just enthralled. And the, the thing we didn't get to talk with him about is he's probably a better welder than he is an engineer. And that guy, when you look at his welds, it's like stacked dimes all the way. Yeah, and I know he like briefly touched on it, but... He does a whole ton of live and online fabrication, Mm -hmm. pit fabrication uh, content because he is an amazing welder. So, yeah, if if you're considering building your own pit, you definitely want to... uh, Get, get on there and dig around there and go to that pit uh, smoker builder you because 
it's it's a group of people that are all just super passionate about that and frank's gonna share all the details he's amazing and i think if you're just wanting to learn more about how all of that stuff's engineered and how it works and what's you know what's what about it it's a great place to hang out too even if you're not going to build your own because you can pick up just a lot of information doesn't knowing having more knowledge about that make you better equipped to troubleshoot yeah Yeah, absolutely i mean i've never built a smoker but hung around a lot of people that have and it's certainly helps build your body of knowledge it's time to kind of move on to our all things barbecue product spotlight absolutely so check out allthingsbarbecue.com, all things barbecue, where barbecue legends are made. Get fired up and get everything you need to do it all at All Things Barbecue over at atbbq.com. So Todd, what do yep. you got? All right, us? so so this show we're talking about pits, and we're not really talking about cooking and and or meat and recipes. We're talking more about like hardware. So I thought we'd talk about cutting boards a little bit. And so one of the things that you're going to need to do if you've got a wood cutting board is you're going to need to condition that. First Wait a of minute. All, you're teasing your own segment. I know. That's I, crazy. I know. I'm, I'm supposed to tease your segment. I'm, I'm up in the game, <laughs> that baby. That sound right. <laughs> um, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna feature from all things barbecue the booze mystery oil, sixteen ounces at fourteen ninety five. So this is oil, uh, food safe oil that is meant to condition wood cutting boards, and it's uh, very mysterious. It is. I well, I found out what's in it. It is mysterious, but I found out what's in it. It's got mineral oil. It's got carbon uh, carnuba carbonara wax. I think is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> and a little beeswax so you're getting the you're, you're getting the the oils and the waxes to kind of clear or to, to to saturate those pores so that uh you 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 know yeah keep the it from oil drying penetrate out. it and the wax protects it right so you keep it from drying out and splitting and and uh, it'll make that board last a lot longer and be a lot more food safe so booze mystery oil 16 ounces for 14.95 great product and uh, that'll help your condition your wood cutting boards awesome well and so you teased your own segment here because we're going to talk about all of the different kinds of cutting boards it's almost like i knew it was coming it's wow. almost like i knew that we were going to talk about cutting boards <laughs> so so let's talk about cutting boards and and being a former restaurant owner we used a lot of cutting boards and had to really think about you know some of our cutting boards were massive and so yeah table size table size so how do you clean those things how do you condition those things what's the right material so whether you're in a in a commercial environment or at home like what should you be using and and what should you not be using as well so yeah that's just as important it is just as important so what are the things that we need to be thinking about when we're thinking of cutting boards well number one is just like food safety and the wrong cutting board and and one that hasn't been conditioned and clean can be just this germ factory and all of the juices and all of the things that were on that especially if you're using raw meat right yeah like all those germs just get down in those pores and if you're not cleaning it well um so cleaning is a big part and then your knives if you're using something that's uh too hard like like there's granite cutting boards every time i see one i'm just like why are you what do you use it with that a ceramic knife or something i would think but but you know people are going to put their metal knives on there and it's not going to keep them sharp it's going to dull them out so things like glass cutting boards and and granite like 
to me, the materials you want to go for as a barbecue and grilling person is a wood cutting board. Make sure that it's a hardwood like maple. Um, we can talk a little bit about end grain and edge grain. I'm also a woodworker, so I know a lot yeah, about that Yeah, I was going to say, we, I want to talk about that specifically. <clears throat> and so wood cutting boards are great. You want to make sure it's a hardwood. You don't want a pine cutting board. Um, bamboo is good. It's a renewable uh, resource, um, and it's it's a very tight pour, so you're not going to get a lot of germs seeping into that and hanging out and breeding. Uh, and then most of the time in a commercial setting, you're looking at a, it's actually a rubber material that, that you think is really like plastic, plastic, but it's called Santa tough. And that's what those kind of, you typically are those, those red ones, the big red ones, are they yeah, Santa tough? like big, they come in different colors a lot of times and restaurants will use uh, different colors to mean different things. Like for us, a red cutting board meant you're only going to use that for raw a blue cutting board, a light blue cutting board meant you're only going to use that for seafood. And then we had yellow and brown cutting boards that were meant for cooked food on the line and we'd be cutting on those. So sometimes they're color coded. So, you know, like within the system, all Again, of your employees. to keep you food safe yeah, and not cross contaminate. Right. You're not, you're, you're trying not to cross contaminate. So the Santa tough ones, those Typically, if they're made out of good material and are not too thin, uh, they can go in dishwashers if they fit. Um, I would never, ever put a wood cutting board in my dishwasher, especially at a high temp, uh, a high temp or chemical uh, commercial dishwasher. What about like Lexan or any of uh, Are there boards that are made out of other plastics? Like I see, you know, some that are printed that have like a design on them sometimes sure. at, at like uh, not Home Depot, Bed Bath and Beyond and places like yeah, that. Yeah. And, and, you know those are going to be those are going to be fine. Um, they're they're probably not going to hold up as long. They're probably not going to be as tough of a material, but you know they'll last you well enough. And you know you can go to Walmart and buy cheap little cutting boards. Like I've got a bunch of those. You know, little they're like a quarter of an inch thick. Yeah. And they, you know, they don't. And how last. long do those last? Once you start getting cut marks in the surface of those. When does it become too much and it's a, a breeding ground for bacteria and yeah, great, just nastiness? Great point. So as you're looking at your cutting board and there's a lot of cuts and grooves, that's where the bacteria is going to go in and hang out and breed. And if you've got like in our restaurants, when we would have those um, bigger boards, you can condition those. You can take um, like a razor. Um, they make a commercial uh, like shuttles, almost like a plane that'll go and plane off the top surface to make that relatively smooth again and take a lot of those ruts and divots that the knives have caused out and you're reconditioning your board on a, a wood cutting board. You could just plane it with a with sandpaper or yeah. or a palm sander or something like that and then recondition it with some booze mystery oil or, or something like that. And on the wood boards, Let's talk end grain versus edge grain okay. real quick because okay. there's, a, you know, yeah. the, the edge grain boards are much less expensive, mm -hmm. uh, but probably don't hold up quite as long. Correct. And they're going to be tougher on your knives. Yes. So, so what's end grain and edge grain? So end grain, if you're looking down a board from the end, you're seeing the end of the board. That's the end grain. And if you're looking at the top of the board, that's the edge grain and um, it's running the the grain of the woods running the full length of the board so you can take some boards laminate them together or just take a board and cut on it and you're cutting against the or you're cutting with or against the the edge grain 
And what that's going to do is it's going to splinter, it's going to cause ruts, and it's not going to seal up very well, and it's going to be a little less safe long-term with germs. Edge grain means they have taken the ends of the boards and laminated those up. So as you're looking at a cutting board, and and you can recognize these very easily. They're usually like a two-inch by two-inch square, and they've all been put together like a check, like a checkerboard. Yeah, and, and they... they appear nicer too they have a really cool appearance usually because yep. that end grain does have a little bit more variation to it the the uh, edge grain is going to give you that longer wood fiber so you're going to see uh you know the structure of the wood more the mm-hmm. end grain just shows you that cross section so but it's better for your knives too right it's better for your knives because as you're cutting into it you're cutting into the end grain and you're causing less like splintering and less long ruts and you're going to it's going to be better on your knives it's going to be better um, food safety wise so end grain wood boards are great perfect well thank you and we want to thank frank cox again for joining us today check out his website smokerbuilder.com and don't forget to head on over to atbbq.com pick up some plowboys barbecue hothead barbecue sauce we'd like to thank you all for joining us next week we are going to have more barbecue tips and tricks to keep your grill rolling for fall we're going to get that fall grilling season kicked off for todd t-bone and myself thanks for listening we'll keep the pits lit until next time here on barbecue Radio Network. Every Barbecue Radio Network show is archived and available through your favorite podcast platform each and every Thursday. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. You have a better recipe for when you grill. Better ingredients, better cuts of meat, and because you're using a grill from Holstein Manufacturing, well, a better grill. You take grilling seriously, and at Holstein Manufacturing, we make a serious grill. Find your new grill now at HolsteinMFG.com. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. Holstein Manufacturing, we build the grill.